Welcome, welcome, welcome to Planning Face Syndicate, episode 135. Is CIS or or go for broke? What? We're going to go CIS for Worlds? Alex is committed officially to only running CIS at Worlds this year. Kind of crazy. You heard it for your folks. We just end the podcast now. But either which way, tonight we're going to continue our analysis breakdown for Worlds, where we talk about CIS tonight. Well, there might not be a lot to talk about, but we'll see. We're going to see what the top pilots are, what's a must-take, what's a not-take, if you're going to go and play CIS at Worlds, or if you want to know what you could run into um, if players decide that they're going to take it to Worlds. Um, We're also going to be going over Battle of Endor, all the rest of the reviews. AMG officially spoiled last week after our podcast, of course, because they don't like us, but after our podcast, they released all the Empire ones, and then this week we had the Super Bowl, so we held off one day and we got lucky and they released all the Rebel ones. So after we do our CIS analysis tonight, we'll be covering all of the new pilots for your viewing pleasure. With that being said, why don't we bring in my co-host for tonight? Please welcome the bench warmer himself, Mr. Alex. How are you tonight, sir? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm not flying CIS, by the way, Worlds. He's just lying to you, folks. He's telling you that so that that way you come unprepared to fly against him. I want to bring nine ships and see if anyone cares. <laughs> they probably, no, nobody will care. No, no one will know. <laughs> no, no one will be like, like it, you'll get top table and they'll be like, hey, do you got nine? You got nine droids there. Yeah, wait a minute. Like, There's five vultures, three HMPs, and a tri-fighter. Yeah, like, oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> like, it all fit online. It's 20 points. It's still legal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also joining us tonight is JJ. The last night he has to wear a lion's hat, unfortunately. Gridiron, how are you tonight, sir? Oh man, uh, disappointed, man. I was I was actually hoping for the the 49ers to win last night. Uh, it was a a, a good game Ooh. overall, um, but um, you know, really excited to see Wolverine and Deadpool. Um, that was a pretty great trailer, um, but had a great time last night. Just ate a ton of wings, ate a ton of veggies, and uh, had a good time last night. So, are you? Did you buy all the food, or did you guys actually make yeah. it? So we we bought the wings uh, from a local place here that does really good hot wings. Um, so we had like a pack of forty, and then we made all the the vegetable dip and everything, uh, like a like a ranch dip and everything with like celery, green peppers, uh, carrots, um, cucumbers, uh, a bunch of stuff. So we had uh, well, and we also had like a ton of, like barbecue chips on that too. So had a lot of things to like pick in and snack at and stuff. So it was a it was a pretty pretty healthy-ish type meal you know the worst thing was probably the uh the wings but beyond that it was uh it was pretty good yeah so my daughters conned me into making mini burgers like like oh, sliders, sliders? Oh, yeah man. and then they also wanted chicken wings but we don't do like chicken bone-in chicken wings has always got to be the boneless stuff and when we do the boneless stuff, they always want specifically like, so I have a different way that I do them that like the sauce adheres a million times better to the breading. You use a different type. You don't use the panko. You ha- you use like a mixture of uh, panko and a little bit of Italian bread clums and stuff like that. And you do your flour, your egg wash, and then, you know, you dip them and then you fry them in the oil. As soon as you take them out of the oil, I have like a homemade like barbecue type mixture that I make that you throw on top of them. And because if you thin it out so it's not super thick and like like Bernie, 
if you thin it out with some butter, well, of course, you know, butter, who doesn't like butter, you know, some vinegar, a little bit of, you know, sugar, if you want it to be a little bit sweeter and you, you like cook all your sauce together and then you throw it on top and like it adheres and it absorbs into it better than you get from like B dubs. Yeah. Um, and so I had to make, I had to make it. And so I had like, I don't know, like eight pounds or something like that, or six, six to eight pounds, something like that, a boneless have chopped it all up, breaded it all fried all the fuckers we go to sit down to eat right and i put four wings on my plate and two sliders and i sit down and by the time i get back up about halfway through the first all the wings except for one type are gone like all the barbecue are gone all the plain ones are gone like all i had left was there was like some parmesan garlic ones which weren't really that good as it was um so you gotta hide your stash, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's so like it was like whatever. I mean, I I don't always make it for me, you know. Like my one daughter just loves it, like that's her favorite thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't like to make it very often because it's like a that's a lot of effing dishes, you know. Like it's yeah. just like you've got pans upon pans, and ugh, yeah, so. the cleanup is not so fun. Yeah, I gotcha. I did not have wings sacrilegious it was really annoying i I wish there were wings there it's literally the biggest day for buffalo wings but i made a queso salsa and guac Hmm. that sounds good yeah it does sound good yeah we had chili the day before and i was gonna save some chili for the thing and then it's like well like do you want wings or do you want like sliders and 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 wings you know you want chili or sliders and wings like i think i'll take I think they'll take the unhealthy option of the sliders and and the wings. But that's just me. So, yeah, so exciting weekend. I'm happy the Chiefs won. It was actually a decent game. I won't say it's the most entertaining game for as much as like I watched the Lions in the in you know the finals and stuff like everything just like it was these big blowout type things until the Lions just couldn't somehow put any points on the board <laughs> against the 49ers. But it was just watching it like the 49ers, in fairness, like they re- they had that like they had the that game. Um, Chiefs were making all these mistakes, but they could capitalize anything like the Chiefs defense, like just came out and just was like wrecked. But yeah. it's funny because their offense couldn't do shit. And like I'm sitting here watching it going, yep, if Lions were here playing the Chiefs, we actually might have had a Super Bowl win. Like, fuck the 49ers. We I'm not rooting for you. Beat yeah. them in the regular season. Yeah. So I was uh, very disappointed that the Lions didn't win. I wore my Lions hat just for good luck for the Chiefs because fuck the 49ers for screwing us over. They should have just bowed down and said, hey, you haven't had a Super Bowl ever. Merry Christmas. You know, we've had how many, you know. We know you haven't had any. Let's let's play some collusion here. But other than that, I think I, I don't know. I don't. The commercials were whatever, like, you know, like. I actually weirdly watched it for the football this year, whereas normally I don't care about the football. Um, but this year I kind of watched it more for the football. The hope it was entertaining. Um, I don't know. Like, it's funny because Usher comes on and my son came over. Um, he came home uh, for because we had food. <laughs> he was like, he's like, yeah, I bet you don't like this. Uh, this artist I was like, well, I don't like hate Usher. It's just not my type of music, you know? So I, I, like, I couldn't hear. um uh, his song, yeah, with Lil John without thinking of Kevin James, like yep. dancing. It's like <laughs> every single time, man. Every time. <laughs> yep. 
And it's funny because they kept showing all these other celebrities there, like Jay-Z and Beyonce are there. And yeah. it's like, man, they should have just called like everybody on stage. Like, hey, Jay-Z, hey, Beyonce, why don't you come out? That would have been epic. Yeah. Just like giving us like a star. So like, I think my favorite halftime show was uh, when they had Snoop Dogg and 50 um, Eminem. Yeah. 50 Cent. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, oh, I was like, ah, yeah, let's throw that back. Dr. Dre. Come on, man. Like yeah. that, to me, that was my favorite one. And yeah. I like metal. I don't even like like hip hop is like whatever. It's like I like hip hop, but not as much as I like metal and I like the Katy Perry one a lot. Oh, with the shark uh, doing the, <laughs> the shark and the giant metal tiger that you wrote out on. Yeah. It was incredible. Yes. And that was pretty cool too. Well, we are not a football podcast, so we will be moving on and not have to talk about football <laughs> except for, we have to go back and figure out what bet uh, we made. Cause you might owe me more lion's hat days because I'm pretty sure that we bet that Sabine was not force sensitive. And she's force sensitive. Spoiler alert! If you haven't watched like all oh. the Ahsoka stuff, hmm. um, you don't watch it. So Alex, I don't. You, you don't count for spoilers. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think I think we we got to bet. We got. I got to go figure out what episode that is because you owe me. You owe me something. I don't remember what it is. We bet something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But anyway, why don't we? Uh, do we want to get into world's prep? I I don't yeah, know. Did go. anything else? Happen this weekend that we want to go into now let's um, go into uh to world's prep but uh, the only thing we got was an announcement for amg just talking about the leagues uh at adepticon for uh winning price tickets uh, unfortunately we still don't know what exactly the prizes are going to be for at worlds for those leagues uh, but they are encouraging people to participate in them in order for you to win tickets and uh and hopefully we'll get um some more details on what those prices are going to be at adepticon um i'm assuming they're going to be pretty good prices for what they have um and yeah we'll see how that how that goes yeah i hope they announce a little bit of what the scenarios are because they're they talked a little bit about there could be possibly different type of scenarios going into it or different list building requirements and i feel like bringing my whole cis collection not to play at worlds but to take my whole cis collection to actually like just be able to build a crazy like droid swarm just for the hell of it. Like, I feel like I have to, maybe they'll have gunk racing, but for X-Wing where you have to actually fly with the gunk as your crew member. Well, can I do that in, in CIS? Uh, first, yeah. First slot. Yeah, exactly. All right. I, uh, oh, man, I don't want to take it on the fire spray. Of cruise All right. All there right. you go. There do, you go. Do it on, on the SIF infiltrator. You know, it's got a cruise slot. <laughs> oh my god, you're you're killing me here. I guess I guess maybe on Maul, right? Maybe maybe Maul it's okay to take on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because Maul could afford to spend I could see it, I guess. But if you bring Hondo, you can coordinate Gonk, right? Can you coordinate Gonk with Hondo? Uh it's yeah. an action. Yeah, you should be able to, yeah. <clears throat> All right, we we're cooking, we're cooking in the books here. Maybe it's actually good good, good luck. I don't know. Let's get into our Academy 101 segment about world's prep. CIS analysis discussion about what you could see at Worlds. All right. Welcome back. We are doing Worlds Prep CIS analysis. Um, I don't know. We did scum last week. So we we decided to do CIS. Um, not super 100% sold on all of the numbers for this, but we decided to pull together some of the numbers and then we could kind of talk a little bit about 
uh, squad building and individual pieces that you could see. CIS unfortunately has a very low count for ships, right? Like, so the most taken list is obviously two fire sprays and we're going to say dirge because I highly doubt it's Cad Bane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's dirge there. So you got uh, rogue and two fire sprays are the highest taken list. Um, there and they have a pretty high win rate of 52%. So I would say for I don't know 62 list that's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's actually really great stats for it. I mean, um if I remember correctly, I believe Duncan Howard uh first did that archetype when he won with CIS. Um and then it kind of took off from there. We saw it appear more and more often in a couple of uh, different events, uh making top tables there and you know, we've always known since way before uh you know the last points update that you know double fire sprays were always very very good and having that third piece and with dirge um just you know just makes it even more versatile for what it can do yeah i mean it was popular for a bit but like the uh it's dropped off significantly in terms of uh winning percentage <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have um one of the charts in there for like the the history percentile rank and it like went from like 50 percent to like 23 dip <laughs> so i'm interested though to see if it if it matters which two fire spray pilots are in there obviously we know that uh that django is definitely one of those pilots right but we've seen variations with like um with zam being with the other uh zin uh, the other fire spray uh or aura singh uh being the other one or uh or even the boba fett pilot being one of them um so it's uh definitely interesting to see like the variation how much that would affect you know the wind rate with those well, the, the points don't add up if you use Boba yeah. Fett or Aura. Oh, yeah. Fair yeah, point. So yeah, like, fair it point. is literally <laughs> Boba Zam and, and Dirge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, if you if you click on like the squad composition, it's 56 out of the 56 Separatist lists are Boba Zam Dirge. Not even like Cad. Or um, whatever one that one was uh, to give them an extra die. The Magna Guard Protector. So it's uh, it is literally like just bring like this is the only list for double fire spray and, uh, and rogue. Yeah, because you could you're you're right. You could technically bring, you could technically bring Django or Zam, and then one of the cheaper fire sprays, and then you could bring like Grievous. But we've not seen that. Like yeah. like since they got rid if out, I think I think if outmaneuver was still a thing. I don't I think that there is a possibility that that list could still be decent. I tried to run two fire sprays and T81 um and Durs just lives a million times longer. Yeah. Um you know, and I think some of the statistics here are a little bit skewed, right? Because we have um squads from the other one, but we have 56 of these are representing by CIS. Um and you're right, Alex. It does drop off quite. I mean, it goes up from June being one of the top ones, win rate on, like, all the way down. Decline. So why do you? So before we go too far, why do you think that is? Is it because people have learned how to fly against it, or have we found other things in the meta that are just better than this? Because uh, let's see, right around what November, December, that's when like like the rack bomber list started getting more popular. 
So I'm not sure if that's just better against fire sprays or like the people playing fire sprays decided to go over there or yeah. if everyone in separatists just gave up. I would to fly this list. I, I think I would actually point more towards Lone Star Open uh, when we saw uh, Paul Heaver win with the, the Arc 170 list uh, with um, with Padme and that particular list, I think, would do very, very well against this particular list, namely because you have more Arc 170s to help contest an assault, which is probably the strongest um, scenario for this particular list. Uh, you have plenty of token sharing and token denial, and if the uh, fire sprays aren't able to uh, steadily use tokens reliably or convert their focuses, uh, namely Zam, uh, with uh, with Zam's ability to use target locks, um, if, um, if Pan may ends up shutting that down that severely impacts the ability for the fire spray to um, take out enemy ships or defend against uh, multiple attacks if, uh, if Padme is involved there. Um, so I think that's probably when it really took a, a big dive. Well, those um, are open with there. July. <laughs> right, yeah. But the, the popularity of this particular list ended in July going in like towards August. So that's where it started to, to really go down steadily from that point, I would say. I mean, it, it, I, I think the difference is we have more people flying it, so naturally we see a dip. Yeah, like I think naturally you get a dip, but it it does it starts to drastically start to fall off. And I think if you look at popular loadouts, you know the top one here is Dooku Notorious Contraband, um, which I don't actually agree with on Django. Um, I don't know. I the the Count Dooku argument is all over the board. I think the problem I have is Count Dooku isn't secure enough. Therefore, I don't think there's a. It, I don't think you can use your force unless you're in a really good position for with with Count Dooku. Um, but that's the that's the more popular one. Weirdly enough, I, I I think you know. And again, it's the old debate of Notorious, right? Do you put Notorious on Django? Do you put Notorious on Sam? Really, you have to put it on Django because if you put it on Zam, nobody shoots Zam. Like, they just let's go burn down Django and let's go burn down, um, you know, Dirge. Yeah. Yeah. If we're doing specifically the double fire spray list, I, I agree. I don't think I would want Notorious on, on Zam. Or, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking just this list, just or just yeah. this archetype, not. I think when you talk other archetypes, that's a whole different discussion, right? Specifically um, this one. Yes. Yeah. Same with just like Count Dooku is not always bad, but in this style of list, you have to be a lot more careful where you put it. Um, just like the, the top one here is this lone wolf ion bombs, right? Like, I don't think that's, that's a bad call. Um, but I think notorious is just better overall. Like, I just think overall notorious is just a better upgrade, unfortunately, uh, for it. That's because they cut Django's loadout, which they didn't even need to, to do. <laughs> we didn't even need to do that, but they did. So I like how there's one of them that ran Grievous. I don't know where it is. Somebody ran Grievous on him. Or did they run? Maybe it was Grievous on Sam. There it is. There's Grievous on Sam. Like, so there you go. Yeah, I think that that particular combo would be great if you had like a bunch of like more lower costed ships to run alongside Zam, so that way you have a steady way to recharge Grievous's ability and you can be a lot more um a lot more aggressive with Sam. 
Um, but in a three ship list, I I don't really see Grievous being a really good crew option for for Zam. Yeah, actually, and more to the point of uh, Notorious, the bottom ranked, like the only loadout that is negative and is by negative thirty three percent. For Django is contraband Dooku notorious title. Um, I guess there's there's a list without the title itself uh, that does a little bit better, but like they're the bottom two uh, performance wise. Like the top performance wise is like Dooku Ion Bombs Lone Wolf contraband, and then also like Dooku FTC Thermal Detonators title. So. Yep, and I th- I think the FTC can be a viable thing. I think the issue again, my issue with the FTC is you only have three ships, you don't have other target priorities. It's not that hard to. I want to pop Django's FTC early, you know. Um, I wish FTC was not five points, but it is. So, all right, and then if we look at Dirge, kind of some of the popular bur- builds for Dirge, obviously is is the title proton cannons proton bombs marksmanship um that was something a lot of people like to run i'm kind of surprised to let sync lasers is up here um i could i could see sync laser being useful if you just want the three die shots right yeah. mm-hmm. i like my proton cannons especially in a three shift list because <laughs> yeah. i want my extra offense yeah, and that also opens up more uh, loadout, right, for Dirge, right, to equip more upgrades for it. And honestly, with the I-5 um, in Dirge, you're able to line up that bullseye more reliably, um, especially since you have linked uh, link reposition actions. Um, so I think that probably does more damage overall, I would guess. Um, but you probably have to take it, you know, just that having that turn where you have to basically not be able to shoot with that proton cannon just so you can recharge it uh, does affect its uh, its effectiveness overall. But uh, still, sometimes having that big spike damage shot uh, from, uh, from there just really, really good. Yeah, um, one of the most like very popular effective builds for Separatist Dirge is the like all crit marksmanship proton bombs proton yeah. cannons build. Yeah, that is uh, taken very high, like about like, a, a, a large number of people, and also is above a zero percent for um, average. It's above average performance. Yeah. So if you're looking My... for a Dirge, that might be the one you might want to look at. Yeah, and I think in in that build it's a lot easier to have the the proton bombs, right? Because you only have three ships, you're you're probably keeping dirge away, or you're bringing dirge in, moving dirge out. It's it's dirge is not, um, dirge does not want to get trapped by three or four ships, but dirge only cares so much about getting shot. Like it's not he's not he's not a glass cannon. He he will live longer than a lot of people think he will, um, and his ability. Procs, I found out a lot more than <laughs> the, than it should, I think. And again, that goes kind of back to like, you know, like last year at Worlds, I ran, you know, Django and Dirt. What did I run? Django, Dirge, Grievous, and 404. I think that's what yeah, I ran. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, and like even in that meta, I think, you know, I, that, I, I feel I did decently well for my first time at Worlds, personally. Um, so 
I don't know. I think uh, I, I I think I think the difference is here is you have to decide a play style for dirge in this list, and you because you could fit the lone wolf, um, seismic charges and proton cannons as well. That's just weird, but you could do that, and you can also run proton cannons, lone wolf, and contraband, which is more um, my preferred build in a three ship list. If you're going to widen that list, proton bombs or seismic charges is better. I think the issue I have with the all crit list is it's just I don't have turnaround maneuvers, so I'm a million times more predictable. But you do um, have cloak for what it's worth. You do. Yep. You can't cloak and drop a bomb in the same turn, but you can cloak and try not to die and then you know, do a four straight blue or whatever after dropping a bomb. Yes. Yeah, I believe there's yep. one event where it was um it was that three ship list, and Dirge pretty much spent the entire game just cloaked, and um, and just setting itself up for like grabbing objectives and stuff. And um, you know, it was, it was very effective. You know, Dirge is able to um, survive a lot longer having those extra two dice on defense, and uh, being able to reposition uh, when needed. All right. Well, let's move back to some of our compositions, right? So the next most popular list is the Grievous, a Tri-Fighter, a Sunfock, Dirge, and we're going to say it's probably 81, but it could be Iron Assembler. Um, it still has a pretty high win rate. Um, I will say uh, this list has a weird threshold. Um, when you run this, it's not as... It's not as easy as people think it is. So... <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So the most popular version is this. I will say the issue becomes is if if you the, the, if you make too many mistakes with this list, your game's just done. Like you just yeah. you cannot come back from that. And if they get like some really really good dice or really good positioning, um, you you have a harder time keeping up. And I think and again, I, I'll be a dick and go back and say Grievous without maneuver in this meta would not have been bad. Um, give me two outmaneuver ships. They are I-4s. Let me stick them on each side of the board. Who do you want to fight? You know. Uh, we aren't lucky in CIS. So this is kind of the, the next top count list. I don't know. You know, again, it does have a 54% rate win rate, but as you can see, nobody's taking it. And I think that's because people people took it in Europe quite a bit. Um, I ran this list and went three and one with it at least once, if not twice, as store champs. Again, it has the ability to win, but at the same token, it it's not... It's, it's not, just... Not performing where it, where it could be, right? It, the the Sunfac for five points is just a hard sell in terms of consistency, right? And if you screw up with Sunpack, like I did, is he's gone. He's just, bye-bye. Have a nice time. Ask that Nate May... Nate or not Nate? Was it Nate? No, what it is was he, what uh, do you think Sam. Does, what do you mm-hmm. think is the preferred build for Sunfac? What do you think makes him like the 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 best overall version of him? Honestly, I like Gravitic and Snare targeting computer. Yeah, just uh, having that defensive reroll. It's so it's yeah. so amazing. Yeah, and. I get a lot of bullseyes with a lot of ships, but I am not trying to bullseye things with Sunfox. I'm trying not to get shot with Sunfox. So, yes. um, Predator is less of a priority with me. That's fair. Okay. 
Yeah, I think in maybe olden days, we would call it back in the, the before days, like that's what you wanted is you, you could afford to sacrifice a little bit of Sunfock. But in this meta with that list, when you lose Sunfock, you lose like it just you're like you really lose offensive output. And you with the fact that we cannot ensnare somebody under rocks anymore. Um, makes a huge difference. Like the boogeyman of the ensnare tractor beam is not here, folks. Um, but I actually, I 100% agree with Alex. Like I think the targeting computer is a must, and I think ensnare, um, or a graphitic deflection is a month. I think ensnare is what we always run. We probably could look at something other than ensnare, but Ooh, no, really, no, it's I just... think it's I think ensnare is is critical on on that chassis. Now, the the biggest thing reason why right is that you still can, um, as, uh, at least for salvage, right? You can still carry a crate and still track yourself, and then use ensnare. And Sunfac has suffers no penalty for that, right? That still makes them, you know, pretty. Yeah, he's actually like an incredible um, yeah. salvage carrier just because he doesn't reposition. And if he does, it's not striking himself. Yeah, exactly. So I think that really makes him good. Um, I I haven't tried much this season uh, trying to fly two um, two of the Dantex to see if there if there's any they're so in fragile. That, I know they're very they're fragile. Already very yeah, yeah. Like, but I I did. I did enjoy playing um, Chertek for quite some time, um, and Chertek already has those natural rerolls, so you can really just, you know, just have Instinct on there. Um, but I, I feel like there's just hasn't been enough testing uh, with Sunfact to really, um, to really, I, like, I haven't seen anybody really play Sunfact, you know, long enough in, in, in order for to see like really good amount of data for him um to see him for that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah han does exist yeah yeah that's true that's the main it, thing I mean, big bases are the enemy of to some extent of the enemy of this list because and you yeah. can't bases. yeah you just so, like, can't the arcs too sorry yeah yeah no you're fine i mean if you ran sure tech you can get arcs so but the problem becomes is if you're getting that close to an arc and tractoring it with both of them be very, very careful of the other arc or two around yeah. <laughs> shooting you. So you gotta be very, very, very careful. <laughs> like just... you line them up side by side and hope that not they're in the arcs. You know, like mm. yeah, it's like I think pretty much any of the like big metalists just kind of is really, really bad for Sun Hockey. Even if you're running Chertak and like more ways to track your things, it just they're so fragile. And they're yeah. just not doing much against like rack, right? They're not doing much against uh, yeah. you, any harmless the arcs. You're not getting a double reposition ace with force for five points. You're you're getting somebody that throws a tractor and gets one reposition and one token. So if you focus fire on Sunfac, Sunfac has to run. Like it's just unfortunately, like if there was a better way to give. Sunfact mods, I think we could be this would be a different conversation, but like we don't have a way to give five ships and a coordinator and still be like decently viable. I and so I won't lie and say, you know, like I have run you I've ran this archetype, right? And you can knock down Grievous to another four point ship 
and then you can upgrade DS81 to an HMP that could run Hondo and coordinate. Yeah, yeah. And I, I went three and one with that list as well, one time. The problem becomes with that list is that, again, it's the same thing. It's like if you screw up with Sunfact, you're just done. And if you keep your HMP very close to Sunfact, Sunfact's then not able to do Sunfact things. I mean, I will tell you, Sunfact 100% bullied Kylo twice in that tournament. And that probably shouldn't happen too much, but it did. Like, I mean, here, Kylo, here, Kylo Whisper, have a tractor. Oh, you want to rotate to shoot at me? Okay. Oh, we, we literally gave Cody PTSD when, when Matt and I both played that. Because <laughs> it's just how much we were just bullying his, his silence for Kylo, too. <laughs> so, it's like, if, if you're running against lower initiatives of ships with Sunfock and there's all small bases, uh, then you can actually do a lot of work. Uh, if you're good at not getting shot by more than one ship around, uh, but even one ship is kind of dicey. Uh, but it's just like outside of that, it's just hard to to justify bringing Sunfock in this this meta right now with that low health and all the toys that people get. Yeah, it's definitely a tough uh, a tough call out there. I mean, you have to you do have to play very careful with Sunfact to make sure that he he doesn't uh, just explode. But I mean, when you combine it with you know. Um, experience when I combined it with uh with discord missiles when I combined it with bombs and such uh sun fact just becomes that really great tool to force those ships into those bad spots where they'll end up getting hit by those items um you know the the large bases definitely are a problem for it but you know if you're prepared uh to take the correct angle you know you don't and like you said you don't always have to go for the bullseye with sunfock sometimes you just need to uh take those those side arc shots um and you know you can just plink away until you can set yourself up for that big shot um and just prioritize your targets with sunfock you know Yeah, and uh, well, we didn't really talk about Grievous uh, so much in that list, but I mean, I'm assuming the the best, the, the most played loadout is the shield upgrade impervium marksmanship. It's the most played and also the highest performing, so that should probably tell you uh, mm -hmm. something about that, right? I know yeah, some yeah. people have afterburners, but that shield upgrade just makes them really such a pain. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the afterburner, I, so I was the guy that ran afterburners for a long time, and the tricks only last so long as your I-4. <laughs> so, like, like, like yeah, woohoo, you can be a cool double repositioning I-4 ship for five points, see if, oh, you get to do it twice a game, mm, okay, never mind, don't worry about it, so, it's... Yeah, and having eight health with, between the souls, one title and the shield upgrade, uh, really, really makes it, so it's like... Do I want to actually try to go after Grievous, or should I just leave him alone? And that's a free five points if they just leave him alone. And yeah. uh, probably a lot more because Grievous can hit really hard if you're just ignoring him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's I've not, I've personally kind of moved to be alive. Yeah, and I, like I said, I've moved to the sh the shield upgrade piece of it. You know, like it's it would be better. Like it would be a lot better if you could get predator in there 
over the marksmanship, like then maybe the afterburners would be a more discussion. And I'll be honest with you, the prockets, like the prockets weren't great against low initiative stuff only. Like it's just you're an I four. It just it just didn't work well enough. Like it does work. Don't get me wrong, but Grievous gets two green dice. So the problem becomes, you know, if you think about like somebody like a blackout, right? Blackout can go in there. Even if blackout was an I four blackouts can still go in there, get, get that bullseye shot. And you still have the three dice, right? So even if you do spend your focus, you still at least have that extra green dice. When Grievous looks at somebody, he doesn't get the reroll and he only gets two green dice. So a range one or range two shot into Grievous by one or two ships makes a very sad Grievous without that shield upgrade. Like it just really does. Yeah. And his ability is primary only too, so it's like mm-hmm. you're not getting a double modded rocket unless you're putting yeah. a lot of effort into it. And like I'm not, I wouldn't yeah. even run rockets on on Grievous, and I put it on every damn ship. Yeah, I think a lot of people realized that in the beginning when they were trying to do that, and the, and then they read the text. They're like, oh yeah, it turns out you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we go back to Dirge, right? I think Dirge. You know, the the again the loadout for this one a little bit easier. You don't need the lone wolf. I don't the, the the contraband is just so much better in this list for time on target because you have lower initiatives and you need that second higher initiative ship to be able to be a bully. And I'm not gonna lie and say that I have one hundred percent had three stress on dirge and gotten a, a proton cannon shot off, you know, with the four dice and two crits and two hits and been super ecstatic about it um but you lose your marksmanship right you know yeah. that's that's like the other downside to that is you lose marksmanship you could be really gutsy and take this electronic baffle here you know i mean Ooh. like just start burning through your your own health <laughs> i would i i'm not recommending you do that no. personally mm-hmm. but i have ran that as well and i don't i don't find that like when I need electronic baffle, it never is advantageous to run. Um, and your tri fighter, um, like I don't understand these stats. Like why this this it was ran by one person and it's got a thirteen percent. Like come on, folks. Like <laughs> this baffle, it's a T eighty one is a million times better to take than that other ship in this list, and that's because T eighty one gets re rolls and can do a lot of things. Yes, you don't get a calculate. But you're not you're not able to share your calculates with anybody but one ship if you take the Aflac. That's it. That's just one ship. There's one ship you can trade your calculates with, and that ship half the time has independent calculates on it. So like <laughs> you aren't sharing with anyone. Um, yeah, I mean the other uh, the other ship that people did consider for a bit too was Volan Das as well, uh, which Volan just fell out of favor in favor for you know reroll droid. Yeah. Volan is good, I won't lie, but not as good as T eighty one. So yeah, you're you lose one initiative, but I mean you do get outmaneuver and you get reroll. So I won't lie and say that you know, and you get afterburners, right? So you have the I'm gonna afterburners in. I can then you know take a barrel roll and an evade if I want. So if I get shot, I could take you know the calculate um and just sit there. There's there's just a lot of things you can do. T eighty one. Is this is actually my favorite four point ship, I think, in the game, and it's it's probably because it's a it's the gamble ship, right? Like out of all the factions, this is the gamble ship because you're gambling that you can reroll your shit, <laughs> and 
and you're going to roll a vase. Which doesn't normally happen, but it can happen sometimes. Well, say pretty much every time I've ever played against that droid, I've killed it in two shots. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we were at Michigan GT, I had that. I had this droid, and who what, who did I play that played this soon tier? Yeah. So Marcos comes in, and his soon tier dances in the corner. And like avoids like in fairness, very did very well with soon tier, avoiding getting shot, you know, but did nothing. And reroll droid comes in, kills kills Laurier. See ya, have a nice time, Laurier. Sucks to be you. And then here comes soon tier with like a one hard bear roll, and then like like gets the focus, and then like rolls four dice into this stupid droid and murders my droid in one turn. It's like oh, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so I, I don't know if there's much to talk about. I don't think the droid, like DS-81, whatever. Take that, Iron Assembler. Iron Assembler, if you're going to live on rocks, uh, DS-81, if you actually want offense. So with Iron Assembler, you cannot take the independent calculates and the energy shells any longer. Yeah. Whereas you used to be able to do that. And DS-81 is an I-3, is an I-3, and you have the ability to turn crits down. Like, Folks, don't forget that that ship has an ability, and it is pretty amazing when you have two calculates and only one person shooting at you. Any more than one in your team. <laughs> and, and you're carrying a crate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah so that, the, hmm? I mean, it's just still kind of weird to spend a calculate to change all the crits to hit results. Like, no. No. Okay. So somebody rolls hit crit. And you roll two greens because no, you mod their dice first. So you have to spend your calculate regardless of what you roll, like before you roll. Right? Yeah. Because mm, no. defender mods the attack dice first. Yeah. So it'd be the attacker rolls. Let's say they roll hit crit. Then at that point, you have to spend your calculate to turn it into two hits. Then yes. you roll your defense dice and then you just have a single calculate to mod. Yeah. I don't know. I still think it's really good. You could say it's not, but his, it has, yeah, it has I, lived I, I forever. I mean, the, the SOC version, like, tw twice, because you have two charges automatically, that cancels a crit result. But also, you don't get energy shell charges with that. You get Discord missiles. Yep. And you don't get independent calculates. You only get one, and you have no other calculating droids in this list. So, that you're going to sit next to. So, right. Yeah. We're talking a two-point shit, folks. <laughs> you could do Discord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Sabine and BB-8. Yeah, yeah, I know. Some other factions have good two-point chips, not CIS. I have Bosk, for what it's worth. All right, Bosk is actually <laughs> pretty good, though. Um, So the next most popular one that we have is Grievous, Django an HMP and dirge. We'll just call it what it is. It's dirge. Um, so they're taking the O 47. Uh, I think you could discuss between Django and Zam, which is better. If you want that I six, it's the Django. That's more popular. I think Zam does better. Um, I hate star champ. Sometimes I, that that's what I ran is the Grievous Zam 047 and Dirge in here. So um 
that's my preferred build. I don't know. What do you guys think? Does Django, do you think in, in a four ship list Django or do you think Zan? And I think I'll be honest with you. I think this, this list, this list is somewhat viable in this meta and has been downgraded per se. In my opinion, if we're talking CS list, this list could, couldn't do better. Um, if you put the time and effort into it. Uh, that's a tough call. Cause like, Sam is like better than Django, but in that list, it just encourages you just to kill the rest of the ships and ignore Sam. So I yeah. can see why a lot of people would play Django more than yeah. Sam. Yeah, I think I think Django is probably the right call in there, uh, just because you do have a, a very big likelihood of encountering other I fives. Um, more so than I6s and um, like in other factions. So having Django being able to move last and shoot first um, in those matchups is very, very key. I see so you feel Django is going to be better, even though you get the double tap with Zan. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? Having that, that big offensive um, like power in Zam is good. But at the end of the day, if um, if Zam ends up rolling too many blanks, you know, um, or getting the wrong crit, Zam's Zam can go down fairly quickly. Um, being able to arc dodge your opponent with the boost on the fire spray um, at I six is huge to limit the amount of attacks that are coming back into the fire spray. Um, so. Um, being able to to do that to have that ability to reposition at i6 i think is a a bigger deal um to help your your list survive um and and punish your opponent uh for for that if they decide to go all in on django and then the rest of your ships can can do what they need to to either score points or uh or track down the ships that try to pursue django so if you're bringing django then are you bringing I guess so. Are you bringing Predator? <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, that, no, no, <laughs> no. Are you? No. Uh, the question is: Are you bringing VTG or are you bringing Notorious? Uh, I, I'm. I'm not sold on Notorious at all. Um, I. I would probably be bringing Bums. Um, I would definitely be bringing. I would actually consider Palpatine over Dooku, uh, just for the stress uh, mechanic, right? Um, and and then just figure it out from there you know definitely want contraband cybernetics in that list there and and go from there i, I don't think the the talent slot for django is super important i'm more concerned about the crew and probably having bombs um if i depending on the mix-up i i would consider vtg um in the event that i end up in um in a spot where i can take two shots uh, but ultimately, I'm not trying to get that there because if you usually, uh, if you end up having those double shots, you're usually going to take them back into Django, and that's where Django can die fairly easily. Yeah, I think like having VTG bombs and A Force crew is probably the way to go. Be it probably Savage, depending on the how you point everything out, but you can have like. Dooku proton bombs VTG or I guess Palpatine proton bombs VTG or have like thermal detonators 
and Savage and like VTG and all that kind of stuff. So there's like good loadouts options. I just think any if you're flying a fire spray in that list, don't put Notorious because it just points all their opposing ships into your other ships. Yeah, and they're not you're not going to be able to carry the the squad with just Django or just Sam. Yeah, agreed. All right. This person ran Procket Revis. <laughs> so there you go. You know, I must have ran my tournament, been in the tournament that ran before June 3rd. I wonder if he considered the June meta, June the beginning. Yeah. But I don't know. I it, So, I mean... It's CIS, right? You know, like we have, we, we went over some of the top lists. Like, do you feel this list can be a contender, right? Because you can swap that three point out, by the way, and go back to what we went for with Worlds last year. You can run 404. It, it is a thing. You can do that. Well, we didn't really talk too much about 047, like the loadouts on them. Like, the most taken one is Kraken. And also that's like above average performance, but like Hondo is almost minus 10%, you know, below average, but also like the highest performing one is like cluster missiles, Kalani, but you could also see, uh, I prefer cluster missiles and energy shell charges. Um, and that, that's a pretty common one as well. Yeah. And I think, I think the big issue with O 47 and a lot of the lists, right, is they want you to have locks on them, right? And Django, Django's okay with locks, but Zam's not usually a locker, locking, you know, gal. She doesn't always lock in, it depending, I don't know, I guess she can, but depending on, you know, what you're facing, Grievous doesn't take locks very often. Dirge doesn't take locks all the time, you know, like, it can, but it does not, you know, so I think... I think that's the problem is without that offense, that 047 has to have something. Energy shell charges are great because you just got to calculate. You just take your calculate right. and you're all set. Yeah, I like you the know? energy shell charges because you shoot the cal- you have a calculate, you shoot, you get your three dice um, and like a, a crit mod with your calculate. But then, then you get the target lock and you set up cluster missiles next turn. Yeah. So do we think this that, that, that squad, like, I, again, it's only been ran 12 times. Do we think that that's a viable? I mean, it's down in the twenty seventh percentile. Yeah, I was gonna say honestly, I, I don't think this list is particularly no, it's incredible. At, it's at fifty four percent. Yeah, I think it needs a lot more, um, a lot more reps to really fine tune, um, like what it what it needs to do in order for it to be successful. Um, and it, it it might have some good bones in there, but just rearranging uh, maybe some of the pilots um, or or some of the upgrades might make it a little more efficient and maybe a little more viable for for CIS. Yeah, it just it, it just seems like really awkward to the fly and like it doesn't seem particularly good in any like objectives. Or even just playing objectives, but it doesn't have enough offense to just murder things off the board. So yeah. it's kind of a, I don't know. I'm not sure if it'd be a, 
a viable separatist list if there, you know, is one. I wonder who the heck's running this list. We have five HMPs and a vulture trike. <laughs> like, that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money tied up in that list. That's like when that's like when Joel. I love Joel, but that's like when Joel went out and bought a bunch of tri fighters to run a bunch of tri fighters, and it's like, um, okay, like they're fun and they're they're cool, but they're just gonna die. Like they're all low initiative, man. Like they're gonna die. I played him in the first round. Uh, and he had that tri-fighter list, and I had Falcon Poe, and just absolutely annihilated him. And then uh, he goes on and win a store champ with Falcon Poe and plays for Team USA, right, with Falcon Poe. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Sometimes it works. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll take credit for that one. <laughs> I know, because it's funny, because you murdered him with Poe, and then round two he had to fly against me. And yeah. I ran. I was running that Zam list that we just took, literally the same the list we were just talking about was Zam. And then it's just like Zam can double tap and kill a kill a, a tri fighter in the turn. And it's like, oh, sorry, sorry, your tri fighters just like when they don't roll good, they just don't roll good. I don't tell you. Like, you get one mod. That's it. Um, I don't know. We could talk. I think we could talk in detail other times. Some of the failings of CIS. I don't know. Um, how much we should spend time on. So I think when we talked about we've talked about Sunfac, we've talked about um we haven't talked about tri fighter spam, but I don't know like do we really want to go into that? Do we feel that's popular enough that we're gonna see it? I, I just don't know that people are gonna invest $150 in a list. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I want to say. Like, yeah, sure. I mean it, there is the potential for for that list to do well. You know, obviously you got a lot of cheap three die, three agility ships that can do fairly well. Um, on offense, uh, we've seen some variations of it um, do do fairly decently, um, it, but they're very, very, very dice dependent. Um, and for the cheaper ones like the i3s and i4s, you're not going to be art dodging much. Um, you're going to be relying a lot on your dice in order for you to be effective. Um, you can supplement that with having a... Um, a tactical droid carrier, either in the HMP, which is probably preferred, um, or even in a um, in a Belbelob. But at the same time, um, you know, if you don't have that and you're trying to like put five of them on the table, that is a pretty big big expense in order for you to do it there. Um, eventually, your dice luck will run out. You know, you'll you might get a one shot at a few times. Um, so it's it it is very dice dependent, but it does have the potential to be very very good. Um, so it, it uh, just depends, really. Fair enough. All right. Anything else that we want to cover in CIS? I think yeah, we technically haven't talked much about HMPs, and we really haven't talked much about. I mean, we have talked about rogues. I think another list that's never really been running in a tournament is three rogues and. Django or three rogues and Zam. Like I, I, I feel like I actually ran that and, and like minus Django mistakes, I probably would have won that game. Um, I think there's viability there. I ran three rogues Zam for a little bit. Yeah, you're the one that gave me list, so I had to run yeah. Django because I had I had I had to run Django because the league bounties. I had to get my bounty, <coughs> which Sperry, when the fuck am I getting my bounty? How about that? <laughs> um. I don't know. Like, in, in, do we want to talk about that? I don't. I don't know what else is there really to cover. Like, 
I think we've covered what you're going to see in CIS. I think you could see swarms. <coughs> um, so we, I do want to take a minute with that, right? Because I think that the person who's been the most successful with swarms is Isophane, right? We see him run a swarm of uh, Vulture Droids with, uh, with a Tag Droid runner, I, I believe, Seer. Um, and she's done pretty well with that. Uh, he's he's dedicated himself to play that particular list for a few years now. Um, do you think that there is viability still with that old art no. type in CIS? Nope, not at all. Yeah, didn't he I switch don't. off of it, too? Didn't he yeah, go he to has. resistance? Yeah, he's yeah. moved on. Yeah. yeah. It's just... If Seer was four points we could and still had all the loadout, maybe we could talk about it, but like in this meta, when Han can double tap things and like there's so there's enough ships that can do double taps. It's it's a lot harder. I mean, look, we have arcs that have double built in double taps, one that can get three dice out the front and three dice out the back and one damn churn. So, you know, like. You your droid swarms are not a, are not high enough initiative to murder things and therefore the when Seer comes in, if you lose only one droid, I think you're okay. But once you start losing two droids a churn, there's just, you have no out offense. Like, if there was, like, a a tactical droid that you could take that basically said all your ships stay on the board for the whole churn. So it was, like, a a Nash Windrider, but for CIS, that, that wasn't just one droid, but, like, maybe two droids or something, or maybe all the droids. Like, if somebody could manage to kill more than two droids a churn, Right. And I think that then at that point, then we could that's a different conversation because then you aren't jousting a a a six ship list like that, you know, but the viability of Seer and you start spending calculates. You don't usually have the calculates nowadays because there's so much firepower that we didn't have before. We have an insane amount of firepower coming at us i mean and you can still run a han blaze list that that's like before this like i guess you don't have Bistan han anymore but you had a blaze on and then oh i, I still have a lando that can do it at i5 <laughs> which is two initiatives above every one of my stupid droids so i don't know to me in my opinion seer swarms right now are just they're just not a viable thing maybe give me some two point hmps or two point uh you know bombers and uh, Seer Swarm may come back. Oh, that's, that's just my opinion. You asked my opinion. That's that's my opinion yeah. on it. Okay. Yeah. No, nothing from Alex. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm just agreeing. Like, okay. Um, I think this squad here has not had enough people do reps with it, but I mean, everybody's hitting top you know, top tier with this list. I, I just, again, I have a harder time with this. This is essentially a two rogue, uh, two HMP and three droid list. Um, so obviously you have dirge in there with whatever dirge builds you want. You have a Cad Bane, which we haven't talked about Cad Bane builds. Um, and this is where, you know, like I think I'm in the Alex camp of Cad Bane really is just better with, um, proton cannons, but sync laser is the safer bet. Um, which you, is what you're kind of seeing here. You're actually seeing a dirge running sync laser cannons too. Um, and then you have the two HMPs, right? And they're both one. The Kraken is providing all of the calculates 
to, to power the things. I, I don't. Do we feel this is, this is an underplayed potential, or is this just people getting lucky and or more lucky in your local metas? Yeah, because those were like very early. I mean, two two of them were you know very early in the meta, and then one was in December. And uh, I I don't know. I don't. It's cool. <laughs> um, it's I mean seven ships, right? It's, it's fun. I just I don't. It just seems like it lacks a lot of offense. <laughs> And health. Even with like the crack and calculates, you know, you still got to roll focus results. And if you don't, then your ship is potentially just one shot. If they're the, the vultures, the HMPs take two to three shots because they only got one health, you know, or uh, one agility. So, well, I think. I think it really depends on the player. Um, it, it, when I look at this type of list, you know, I think this is the type of list that's really good at going uh, and claiming objectives and playing the objective game really well. Um, but if you want to go offensive on this list, um, you know, the, the best way to do that is just focus fire, right? Death by a thousand needles. You know, if you're losing, um, best case scenario of losing just a single ship, you still got a ton of other fire, uh, like shots onto that, that defender, hopefully, and taking them out. Um, especially if you're equipped with, like, um, with, uh, cannons on the rogues or, um, uh, with, uh, uh, energy shell charges uh, just having those three die attacks that can um, mod fairly well i think you have a shot of, of doing well there um and as long as you can keep up with the damage race in those instances you're doing well but it, in as far as objectives uh your opponent's gonna have a hard time keeping up with um the objective race in that in that case there so you might have the edge there um so I, it, it just really you have to tailor the way you play to to what you're facing against in that in that instance yeah, and I think there was one other list that we didn't really cover. Well, I think there's a couple of lists that we didn't really cover. You know, we didn't cover the four rogues and a tri-fighter. And I don't know if I want to say, like, I think that when we talk about, like, T-70s, like, do we feel a rogue is similar to a T-70? I, uh, I don't know. Maybe in, in offensive potential, yeah, but not in maneuverability. Um, but... I mean, there is potential with it. With the list. Yeah, I mean, rogues are probably the second best chassis they have. Yeah, by far. It's like the same thing with Scum. It's just, they're solid ships, but they're not like... They're not going to carry games for you. Right. Yeah. Unless you get real, real lucky with those Roton cannons. <laughs> but that's like a couple turns at a tournament kind of thing. Yeah. And then the last list was like that eight ship SOC contingency list that we never really got to. Um, the gentleman did give me a, like kind of a breakdown. I don't know. Do we want to go through this? Like, I think like SOC was one of the untapped pieces that never really got tested in CIS that much. Like, and in my again, and I want to be fair, I don't feel that a lot of people tested in CIS once it just wasn't doing well. Like, 
I don't know if it's fair that we should have been testing or if it's really just, mm, it's really not that good. But the, the, the gentleman says that he believes that there was potential to the list. So we could either cover it now or we could kind of table it. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you're going to see that at Worlds, to be honest. Yeah, with you. I, unlikely. Um, I, I do think that there are a couple of Siege Coruscant lists that can do very well, um, particularly the I-5 Dooku. Um, I think that's a very, very solid ship for what it can do um, and for its point cost. Um, obviously, we know that T-81 is very good uh, being able to re-roll there and have that outmaneuver as well. Um, I mean, yeah, it has the potential to die fast, but if you can divert some of your opponent's resources to try to take down that ship, um, you can uh, converge on the flank there, um, or uh, just you know claim objectives that your opponent is ignoring there. Um, so there's again, it's always tailoring your approach to what your opponent's doing there, and you you just have to have that flexibility there. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of the um, the four or four siege Coruscant version that uh, that's a very good. Th- uh, a very good three-point filler uh, for um, for CIS, and then of course we've seen the other um, we've seen the other three-point flex uh, show up from time to time as well, um, having that contingency protocol. And I think honestly, all those ships can be booned um, greatly with having a tactical droid like Kraken, just to provide them with extra tokens so that way they can survive longer. Um, it's just I, I I think that because CIS is in a minority in terms of the amount of players that you know faithfully play that particular faction, we have less and less testing available to see uh, what combination of lists that can can be very viable to make it a top tier list for the faction. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, a lot of SOC stuff. It just seems a little under tested to start drawing a lot of conclusions. I don't. Uh... I mean, like, Dooku was okay. The meta before last year's Worlds. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, it's just, there's a lot of awkward point building in Separatists because, like, your five point ships, like, they're good enough to take, but they're not good enough to, like, get a, a quality return every time. Like, a, like a Grievous, like, you're not getting Boy Luke levels of return. I mean, even a normal other five point ship that's not like boy luke is like the best you know you're you're still if you run like nine nub in resistance right you're still gonna get five points worth and grievous is still kind of like or like especially like sun fox sun fox just like ooh, i might get five points or i might just get absolutely demolished so it's it's, it's awkward like point totals that makes it difficult to to have a cohesive list it's kind of the same thing what's come yeah and i think this the the idea behind this list and this is what they had is is they had two hmps iron ass and then they had two of the bombers that were soc two holocrons and 081 and i i think like the big thing was is they split them up into squads let them do their thing which i think works they said they haven't had any really bad games outside of a few dicings, you know, like outside of that, they have had very steady games with it. And I think, you know, that's the question is, could this squad be viable? And, and I like, originally I wanted to take a bunch of time to go through the squad, but we're so close to like a possible points change. Like 
I don't know, like if like if they do something else in CIS, are we going to look at this again? Right. But I mean, I have like, I don't know, I have a a a one page paper on why this does work, you know, because you have your 32C that can do the jamming, the 32C that can pass, you know, like coordinates with calculates. I don't know, like. I just feel that we all got very down on CIS and I just wasn't able to test it, right? Like it just wasn't doing what it needed to do. And, you know, being able to double tap and kill ships is what harms things. But if we don't have Han in the meta, are we as worried? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that it's still very early with these new, you know, point changes. You know, we'll probably see some surprises from CIS um, that can suddenly to <clears throat> do a lot better uh, with the Han being with his capacity being reduced. Um, the biggest thing that CIS does have to still contend with is, you know, a lot of the other factions that can still play a lot more high initiative ships or uh, lists rather that have. That alpha strike potential, um, just in being able and eliminating them. CIS doesn't have a, a lot of high initiative ships that can really, um, like take a beating from multiple shots going in there, um, other than like the fire spray with like Django or Zam. Um, you know, so it, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how CIS does with this new meta. Um, but um, hey, here's hoping that they at least make uh, cut. We get at least one of them in cut. Well, I heard Alex is running it, so there we go, baby. <laughs> Alex is going to make cut. Uh, do we have anything else we want to cover with with CIS? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think there could be more testing done, but I think it's just it, it it's just a discouragement. And I think you know, with some of these, I don't know, with some of these newer ships coming in, can you imagine what a a soon tier Jendon Vader? could do to a bunch of droids I, I don't know it just feels like they just all die <laughs> like <laughs> you lose three around now yeah yeah that's tough just my opinion oh. shall we move on to new ships is that what we yeah. is that what we're in agreement of yeah let's do it all right so we have some new ships you want to cover rebel or empire first let's go with empire first All right, JJ calls Empire. That's just because he play. He's the only one. He plays Empire. That's why. Well, mainly because I put them first on the dock. <laughs> oh, okay. you're not supposed to tell the secrets, JJ. We don't tell the secrets. You're just supposed to laugh and. So we have a Tie Fighter here. That. Is this shield? Is the one wing bigger than the other wing? It really is. Is that like it how is. it's supposed to be? <laughs> I mean, I, it's supposed to be like a perspective drawing, I guess. But yeah, that wing is super huge, man. <laughs> it's just a Y wing. It's fine. It's a Y wing. <laughs> it's a Y wing Tie Fighter. Oh, oh my god. Um. All right. So I guess I'll start. Lieutenant Hambly. It's an I three. Uh, after you defend, you may perform a red boost action, even while stressed. Um. This is a TIE fighter that has now a boost action native to it, a red boost action, which is weird. But um, I don't know if you ever played a, a TIE fighter, but you you only get, what, four blue maneuvers on the whole dial. So go ahead and take your um, red boost, I guess. Um, or 
take your barrel evade then a red boost and be double stressed because that's gonna um but the either the best thing is is formed up at the end phase if there is another friendly ship another friendly tie fighter at range zero to one you may remove one stress so if you fly it in a pair you get it it gets elusive uh, it gets the common no escape uh, which i think do we need to do we go I, i'll go over no escape once and then we don't have to do it again while you perform a primary attack if there are more friendly ships than other enemy ships at range zero to one of the defender you may re-roll one of your blank results and by the way amg has clarified if it is you one-on-one ship it works wow. like that's in the article well, wow you have more enemy ships zero to one of them than friendly ships i'm just saying if it is one-on-one, it works. Just I want to throw that out there because when we get to Soon Tier, which is my new favorite ship ever, I love that ship so much. Um, that that it makes a difference. Um, then they also have this thing called Collected, which is after you perform a primary attack, you may spend one focus token to gain two evades. Um, so if you roll natties on your two dice, you can spend your focus token. I mean, you also have no escape, right? True. So you do yep, get a reroll. You do. You do get the one reroll if you're very close up and haven't died by that time. <laughs> what is this uh, three point ship? Oh, yeah, mm, I believe so. Yeah, because only the, the the four point TIE fighter was the coordinate one, right? Yeah. Miranda is the only yeah. four point one. I think. He's three. Yeah. Uh, he's three. Ten health yep. speed is three. Yes. You also get an extra hull upgrade. I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think this is a bad ship, but I I at I three I just I don't know. I don't I think formed up is really cool. But I mean to get that you're boosting and you have no bot. So, so unless you're coordinating this damn ship before it moves. So I like Vizier, I guess, loves this ship because Vizier can ailerons and then coordinate. Yeah. But I don't know about anybody else. Loves this so, show. I mean, honestly, do you have um, the TIE Interceptor Commandant uh, Goron that's able to uh, take off stress tokens at the start of the engagement phase and then provide them with a with a, uh, an evade token? I think that's a very solid wing mate for this. Uh, the other uh, the other TIE Fighter uh, that would work really well uh, would be Halrunner. Halrunner wants to be within range 0 to 1 of the other TIE Fighters to provide the rerolls there. Um, so that makes it an excellent uh, wingmate for for Hellsby to be in there. Um, and the other part that we we kind of missed too is that these TIE fighters have the barrel roll length into Red Evade as well. Um, so that is definitely an option for them as well if they need to uh, go in and uh, contest a, an objective and assault. Uh, just being able to have that uh, that ability to go in for potentially blocking maneuver uh, with that barrel roll and still have that evade uh, makes it really nice and um it gives them that defensive mod that they need but who's running how runner in this meta for oh who's running four point how runner tell, tell me who is like i'm not gonna lie and say it's that how runner is that good but I, yeah. okay you could also fucking run a droid swarm jj which would you rather do would you rather run a tie swarm or a droid swarm tie swarm, tie swarm nine times times. yeah exactly uh, <laughs> right now would you rather run a tie swarm or run five ship republic 
or five ship resistance or five ship uh, FO? I don't, I don't know. It, it'll, it'll be, uh, it, it depends on how many TIE fighters you can get in there. If you could get like a full eight TIE fighters, uh, you can't. We know you can't. Yeah. You can't. You're left with 16 points after Hull Runner. Um, like you're unless you're gonna take a bunch of like i3 garbage i mean now we're, we're really getting in the weeds here but so yeah. okay okay fair i'm point. gonna yeah, i'm gonna point. take i'm gonna this is seven you got 13 points left baby you can run seven at most because you have 13 points left that's an odd fucking number period so you got to run another three pointer so now you're down to 10 points so that's five ships so you can run it i guess two black aces and then a couple of three pointers like you can run if you run a bunch of generic garbage, but here's the problem: is I can't take Howl Runner and split split her into two into two ships. If I could have, if I had two Howl Runners, <coughs> then we'd be talking because you could run two small mini swarms. I don't know. I personally, I feel this is a two point. This is worth two and a half points. It's a little bit better than a two point ship. I think at a two point, I think at two points, it's it's a little too defensive, but at three points, I just I don't see viability. I, I could run Mauler. Do you want to run this or Mauler, JJ? Uh, yeah, we'll probably run Mauler. Yeah, good point. You want to run this or do you want to run Lorier? Um, you're gonna run Lorier. Lorier is an yeah. I three two that gets all crazy bendy moves and yeah, that's has three alpha point. I, I I'm I'm gonna move on unless anybody feels differently because I just I feel this is an overcosted. Uh, he pairs well with another ship that we'll get to. The next one, the next one on there, Alex. No, What's the next one? For it. Oh, Miranda, major. Uh, Miranda, all right, yeah. Do, do we want to skip to Miranda, Alex? What does Miranda do? Okay, major. Media. And why is it? And why? Why do I want a four? Why do I want this four point ship? Yeah, the problem is that it's four-point ships. But Major Meanda is an I-5. Uh, it's got a shield as well as three-hull. It has a native red coordinate. And like all the TIE fighters, it's got formed up. And uh, its ability is during the end phase, you may choose up to two friendly small ships at range 0 to 2. Uh, you and the chosen ships may perform a red barrel roll or boost action. So you can actually do that, and then at the end phase, lose your stress token if you're zero to one of another friendly TIE fighter. Um, it has no escape like all the other ships. Uh, it has ruthless and swarm tactics, so you can swarm tactics something up to I five, which works well well with Lieutenant Ebsley because you get to shoot, and then you can uh, do the collected, spend focus, gain two invades. So can I? Can I ask a question here? Does AMG just go, uh, if I give you a pretty good ship, I could just give it to you at four points. Can I cut the shield down to a hull and either and maybe get rid of the red coordinate and and say this is a three-point ship? I mean, the, the end phase repositioning is pretty cool. Uh, you do get a lot more boosting uh, small ships. Like... Uh, Vader's a small ship, right? So you can have a red boost action with Vader at the end of the turn, which is pretty cool. Uh, or, um, you know, if you didn't do 
uh, or a roll or boost, whatever with Soontir or Jendin or something. Uh, you can still, it, it's nice synergy outside of TIE Fighters. It's kind of rough at four points, <laughs> uh, but it's it's, a, it's an interesting piece if other uh, ships start going up or if it goes down, uh, Major Amanda might be an interesting piece to look at just because the end phase shenanigans. I think, and again, I, I guess I, I think my biggest thing with the the points cost piece here, right, is, is that we have this, we have four points invested in something like this. When I like, some of me says this could just be a three point show. I mean, for Christ's sake, we have FOs with <laughs> four health, right? Like, it's not like it's that odd of a thing to have. I, I don't know. I just. I get we have Vader in Empire, and I don't know if that's why they're just more aggressive, like with some of the smaller ships, like, hey, we got like this really big, bad piece. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just for me, four points, this is not worth it. Like it, I would never I don't feel I would ever take this at four points ever. Like the amount of money I'd have to invest like you to run three ties or I don't know. We I mean, can run Juno or Marquis Steel for four points too. Just saying, more health, better alpha offense. JJ's cooking something in his head right here. <laughs> I don't know. I think, just, I think it just needs a little more testing on here. Um, I mean, there's there's the the potential uh, with the swarm tactics, right, to bring another ship up to I five, so you get a little bit of that offensive potential um, set up. Uh, for for one of your other ships that might be low initiative, um, the, right off the bat, one of the tiny interceptors that's on here, Sapphire Two. You know that's something that I would consider you uh, pairing up with Major Bianda to take advantage of there. Um, the other part of it too is just being able to uh, set yourself up aggressively, um, like from the get go, right? Because you have that form up ability um with other tie fighters being able to essentially um use the the ability for me on the first to uh allow them to boost um into you know boost into where you want them to go and then if they're tie fighters after you do that red boost you can remove their stress tokens um so that way they can they're free to do white maneuvers the next turn um there is definitely a, a really good potential for that um you look at ships that don't natively have boosts um namely like vader for instance um if he runs out of those afterburner charges um or you're trying to save them for later on in the in the match being able to do that boost uh, assuming that you have a good avenue for vader to clear his blues later or clear with a blue maneuver later on um, that offers um, some some extra flexibility for Vader um, that he normally didn't have on there because you know Miyanda's ability again helps out small ships. It doesn't specify um, you know Tie Fighters or Tie Interceptors, so it, it does offer that flexibility for that maneuverability portion um, in your list. And um, combine that with Swarm Tactics, um, you can really push that aggressive feel um, for your list there. So I, I think that's where it lies on there. Four points is very tough to to swallow um, for the cost of it. Um, but if you can if you can work around that, you you might find that you can actually be in a pretty good spot. So. All right. I don't agree at all. I don't 
I I just I get the I get the boost invader, but it just feels I I don't it it just feels horrible. Like okay, would this be broken at three points? No, I think it would be fair at three points. Alex, do you feel this would be broken at three points? Uh, it really depends on the cost of other ships. <laughs> okay. Just because in our the, current the, environment at three points, would this be broken? I don't know. I'd have to look into the, the empires. I, I wouldn't say it's like busted. Yeah. Cause I feel like in empire currently at three points, I think this is, this would be fine. Just uh, that end phase giving a boost action to ships that don't have boost, even if it's red, is really strong. Yeah. I don't know. All right, the uh, next one we have is Scythe 6, an I-2 ship. JJ, what is Scythe 6? Pyre gets so, an FO. <clears throat> yeah, right, exactly. So uh, we, got a, we got another TIE fighter here that has uh, a whole upgrade, essentially. It has four hole. It comes at initiative two here. The ability reads while you perform an attack at range one to two. You roll one additional attack die. Um, has that formed up uh, chassis ability. Comes with no escape. Uh, Predator Ion Maneuvering Jet, which reads after you fully execute a Kyogren turn, or a K turn essentially, uh, maneuver, you may spend one charge out of the two that it has to perform an action while stressed. And then it has Targeting Matrix, which reads while attacking, you may spend a focus result. And at the end of the neutralized result steps, if you do after the attack is resolved, the defender gains a strain token. Um, this is definitely an excellent ship uh, to follow uh, with Mianda to swarm tech this i5 so that we could take advantage of that ability early there and the ability uh for site six is really strong especially at range one you're essentially turning this into a four die tie fighter um that can that can do some some pretty good damage there if you can set it up correctly um especially with uh, no escape uh with that uh that ability there um so i think this is uh this has the potential to be a pretty good tie fighter for its cost um it does have to be tethered though to a swarm tactics in order to be really really good see i like this ship personally yeah i think it's a very interesting three-point ship um, just like filler ship that you can have in uh, empire just mm -hmm. because it has essentially three dice it's a reverse long shot yeah yep I, like I the, really like this ship. I like the K turn, still get an action kind of thing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and they're and, and they're being smart about it. They're saying, "Hey, let's limit this, so it's not like this pattern analyzer you can do every other turn. It's you could you get it twice a game. You know, here here you go. Here's twice a game. Like to me, this is a very fairly costed three point ship, and I know it's an I two. I don't agree that you have to tether it to swarm tactics. Um. But I feel like this this ship just on its own, like this ship here is three dice at range two, four dice at range run. You don't get target lock, so your 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 re-rolling ability is minimal, um, minus the no escape piece, right? So this this ship can go be on its own and do its own thing and still have offensive output. I don't know. I like it. I think this ship is this is like that that edge razor's edge design for the three three point cost this is like giving me something that i can be excited about at three points even at an i2 you know i still think even at an i2 it's still worth three points 
you know, Lurier is an I3 and we take still take Lurier, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, How about this? I like that it has Predator on an I2. Like this should tickle your your this should tickle your funny bone, Alex. Like here's the like the only thing that it needs is prockets. Damn it. <laughs> Maybe would you take this as four points if I gave it prockets? No, and I two or prockets. No. Okay, I, I I'm just teasing. Hey, a Luke Skywalker with my crack shot on my Merle. <laughs> Listen, sometimes it just works. <laughs> all right let's move on to some bombers we got some new bombers we got scimitar one and scimitar three and alex you did not get your wish they are not reverse initiatives we have scimitar one coming in at initiative three and scimitar three coming in at initiative four because they just want to <laughs> fuck with us but not to the extent alex wanted them to fuck with us so uh, i want to be that one guy that runs who turned the red interceptor so hang on. So j- just from a military standpoint, isn't Scimitar one technically the leader of the the like formation, right? I don't know. I'm not a military guy. I don't know if they do it the same as rebels or not. All right, yeah, because it's I found that funny, right? Because Captain Jonas is Scimitar leader. So uh, I, when I saw Scimitar one, I'm like, uh, is this uh, generic Jonas? <laughs> Wasn't Garvin like red leader, right? And he's like red four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So this joins first, I guess. (laughs) There you go. See, so this this is an unnamed, but a a unique unnamed. Um, Essentially, they have a nimble bomber, just like the other ones. After a friendly ship at range zero to three performs an attack, you may spend one charge, which is twice a game to acquire a lock on a defender. So this stops it. So you don't have it's, it's like a free. It's like a two two time passive sensors to some extent with no downside. There's zero downside outside of a friendly ship has to attack. Uh, you get marksmanship. You get the no escape. You get proton torpedoes. <laughs> you get proton torpedoes. And then you get ion bombs. Like, if you weren't just, like, scared of the ship as it is, let me shoot you and then fly past you and drop an ion bomb on you. You know, like, I don't know. Proton torpedo of all the torpedoes too, to give to this ship. It's four points, though. It comes in at four points, so it does rival but here if we're talking jj really wants to run his meanda or miranda or whatever it is tie fighter this is a decent ship to to pair with it because you can swarm tactics this up to an i5 right this one like i still think meanda at four points is ridiculous but i don't know that's eight points i guess that's eight points not seven points i don't know that's that's a lot of points to invest in in that yeah that's true I mean, and you don't need to swarm tactics per se, right? Because you're still able to acquire a lock uh, with the ability and still shoot at I3. Um, so you can still, I, I think this is still a, va- a viable tie bomber um, just because of that ability, right? You're still pretty much guaranteed to have a, a double-minded shot or at least a single-minded shot if you end up spending the focus on defense um, and and still have the advantage of uh, like no escape uh, to um, to at least mod what, uh, something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, for you know what? Cost, I think it's good. Give give me this at three costs and swap out proton torpedoes and give me cluster missiles or something silly, stupid like that, and then call it a day. And there you go. That's a three-point bomb. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, he, here's the thing, right? Now, we know that the TIE Bombers got uh, got their points adjusted. 
uh, with the last points update. Do you think having that increased cost at uh, at four points, it makes this more dangerous or at the same power level as the current bombers that can only equip just barrage rockets and like marksmanship? That's kind of a tough call because just a double modded ProTorp by itself is really, really good. Yeah. Because <laughs> they would have to focus fire um, yeah. on this to like the they'd have to go after the opening thing just not to get a double modded protorp right yeah exactly um all you have to do is just have some ship within range three shoot at that ship and just automatically get a lock yeah oh, it's nasty yeah i mean I I... A really solid piece for empire yeah i think for four points this definitely rivals some of those like th- to me, this rivals Jonas now. Like, like, do you really want Jonas, or do you w- do I want a Protor bomber? Right. Like, Jonas means I'm investing in other bombers. This means I don't have to invest in any other effing bomber. I can literally run whatever I want in that list. I don't know. I like this ship too. I think, I think it would be cooler if they gave me cluster missiles and let me uh, have it at three points. But um, you can't have everything, Tanner. So you know. Yeah. I like it. I like I like proton torpedo bombers. I think it's like a spicy take on it's a spicy take that you could have. Yeah, this pack seems to have a lot of really nice just inherent double mods in most of its ships. Yeah. Both on Empire and Rebel side. All right, how about that? Scimitar three, Alex. It's a little bit different. Yeah, Scimitar three is an I four. It uh has the, the normal chassis ability of Nimble Bomber. Uh, its ability is after you drop a bomb, you can spend one of its two charges to perform a boost action. Uh, it has no escape, like everything. It has parting gift, which we'll see a little bit later on as well. Uh, that is when you are destroyed, before you are removed, you can spend one charge on an equipped bomb upgrade to drop or launch a bomb using the one straight or bank template. And also has proton torpedoes and proton bombs. And this is also uh, four points as well. So can I ask a dumb question? Like, do they really need to specify it could be or bank templates? You have nimble bomber. You, you Like, we already know that. You don't have to tell me that twice. Because you could launch with the bank templates. Okay. That's why, because the, the nimble bomber only is for dropping a device. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Okay, fair enough then. I like this for four points too, though. To be honest with you, like it's a little bit boosty. It's probably not as good as the other one because the other one gets the free mod, right? But I, I still, I don't know. I still don't hate this for four points. I'm not terribly thrilled by it just because uh, you're not getting the double modded pro torps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you do have to work at getting the the proton torpedo off a little more with this one i mean sure it's initiative four but you know against you know the i5s on resistance or with um with the like vader uh enemy vaders and stuff it, that's gonna be a little harder to do um but still um having a very good uh proton torpedo and proton bombs and the ability to get into a better position um to potentially reach out and grab that proton torpedo um you know it's it it, it has its uses 
but I'm still probably sticking with uh, with like Reimer or Tomax uh, over this particular ship. Yeah, you can get behind Scimitar 1. I'm just not sure about Scimitar 3. Yeah. I like it, but I do agree with you. I think if you're taking only one of the two, this one is the key there. So, All right, the next one is Sapphire 2. Did we go over Sapphire 2? We did already? go over Sapphire 2. Yeah, we've seen Sapphire 2. And so we, really, we don't really need to go over Sapphire 2, do we? No, I think that was actually those... Those bombers and TIE fighters were the only ones that weren't previously revealed that we also didn't already go over. All right, so let's 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 move on then. I mean, unless you guys, I I don't I don't feel the need to go through those again. Like, yeah, no, I would tell you let's spend time on Suntier because I love Suntier. Like, <laughs> he has been nothing but fun to fly. And I'm the guy that runs the red Suntier, by the way. Just yeah, me too. I always do. Suntier has to be the the red ace. Yeah, you guys are monsters. <laughs> and I, why, why? He's the Baron, right? He has the he red is. blood stripes. That's like the, it's literally on his ship. Well, now he's red and has black stripes. He, my buddy. <laughs> so I'm just at a tangent here because my buddy actually painted me a, or well, he paint. I think he painted him himself, and then he gave it to me when he quit X-wing. A Vader that looks very similar to that. Like he, so he painted a Vader that's very similar, and so I have a black and red Vader. Um, that I can run as well. And I bought a black and red Defender Vader ship too. So like if I really ever want to run that, I can. So all right. So did we go over Wedge? So Rebels, Rebels, yeah. we went over Lando, right? Like we know Lando's pretty good for seven points. I th I, th I think Lando's pretty good for seven points. Yeah. I think people should test him and play against him because I think we're gonna see him. Oh yeah. Yeah, Lando's cool. Wedge is super cool. But uh, those were we already spoke about. Okay, so Yendor is the first one. Who wants Yendor? Who has a who? I don't know what order we're in. I'll, anymore, I'll so. do Yendor here. So uh, Yendor is going to be the I five T sixty five pilot here for the Rebels. Uh, reads so while you perform a primary attack, you may gain a strain token to reroll one of your blank results. Uh, it comes with it's a trap, which reads while defending. If there are more other friendly ships than enemy ships on range zero to one, you may reroll one of your blank results. And then it comes with plasma torpedoes and then stabilizing astromech. Uh, it's a single charge. It and it reads, after you fully execute a maneuver, you may spend a charge to perform a white action even while stressed, and it is a non-recoverable charge. Uh, definitely really interesting for um, for an I-5 pilot there. Um, I was actually trying to look at the um, at the cost okay. of the ship really quickly. It's five. Five points, yeah. Um, it's definitely something to consider. Uh, the ability can be particularly... Uh, could be good, um, especially on offense, right? If you're rolling at, um, if you're rolling like a, a range one attack, uh, having the ability to re-roll one of your blank results kind of gives it a uh, passive uh, double mod, right? Because uh, you have can you can have a focus and have that re-roll for the strain. Um, so you could potentially do um, some serious damage on there. Um, so it's it's pretty decent for what it can do. Uh, coming in at five points though. Uh, if you have to pick this between between this and Luke, um, I think you go with Luke <laughs> like 10 so, times out of 10. So can I so the locked S foils goes back to the traditional locked S foils that we know, right? 
because we don't have those on um boys any of the boy excellence yeah. right correct yeah yeah and this one's gain a deplete token instead of just roll one last die so before with the normal last foils you can like shoot a torpedo and not take a penalty for doing a boost action or having your S-foils closed. This one, you still get the penalty. Yeah, and I do do want to note that this comes with that upgraded bar, uh, action bar that has the boost into red, uh, sorry, the focus into red boost, the target lock action, and then the barrel roll into red focus, um, as well as just the white boost on the action bar for this particular T-65, which is something that we have not seen uh, for, for the T-65. Can I ask why you would never focus into red boost? Like if you're going to gain the deplete token, I don't know. I I guess they don't have great blues, so maybe that's why. Yeah. So I did I did not read the article. I only looked at the cards. Does it also clarify in the article kind of like the no escape that it's a trap that if you are one on one with the other ship, no, there's no other friendly ships. The word other is important. There's not really ambiguity there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm just asking because they have it here. It yeah. just is the reverse. And that's why I'm asking if the article clarified it. You could say it doesn't, but it doesn't mean AMG doesn't have crazy intentions with things that, like, that that's not like an unrealistic thing that they haven't tried to do to us before. I mean, I, it says other, like, there's <laughs> it's their own custom upgrade. They haven't messed any of those up. Really, so I'm assuming this is going to work as intended. Okay, uh, but it is worth noting that you do get that plasma torp double modded off rip if you want, just because stabilizing astromax is after you execute a maneuver, so you can do like a three bank focus and then use that for a target lock and get a double modded plasma, which yes. is nice. And Yendor is pretty good at being a flanker. But five points is rough because you have Boy Luke and Endor Wedge and like Fen all in those slots. And that's kind of a tough competition to crack into. Even Wes Jansen might be like a, a better choice than, than Yendor. Yeah, and just reviewing the article, no, there's no mention of the um, uh, any clarifications for It's a Trap. So I believe that, you know, just... It's pretty clear based on the wording on there. Um, so you have to have more um, more ships, more friendly ships at range third one in order for you to reroll a blank. Yeah, so it does clarify. It literally sa- says in the, the second paragraph. Yeah. But before we go on, I want to hear you say it's a trap. Like, you got to actually it's say it like that car. Thank you. <laughs> like, you didn't do it when you read the damn card. So. <laughs> All right. So the next one we have is I don't how do I don't how did we say this? I don't know how to say the ship's name. I assume it's just Kendi Adele. Yeah. Okay. Are we gonna just start calling it Adele? Like is that like what we should call it? Kendi. <laughs> okay. They killed Kendi, yes. They did not kill Kendi. But yeah, Ken Kendi's an I four. <laughs> um, and after you spend a green token, you can choose a friendly ship at range one to three and gain a strain token. If you do, that ship may perform a red focus or red evade action, which is kind of crazy. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, just because that's there's probably shenanigans somewhere in there. And then like all Bravel pilots, it has the it's a trap. It has, unfortunately, uh, ion missiles. And uh, a upgrade modified R4P unit. It's got one charge and it's before you execute a red maneuver. You may spend a charge. If you do, while you execute the maneuver, it reduces difficulty. So it's kind of like a, a one-time Leia. Yep. And then uh, chaff particles, which we saw on uh, Site 6. Or no, well, that was slightly different. Never mind. We'll see this on other ships later on. And that's while defending may spend a focus result uh, at the end of the neutralized result step to remove one red or orange token. And, which uh, which, which could be that, yeah, I was going to say it could be that uh, that strain, right? Like if you somebody blanks out and you just roll your um, your your defensive die and, uh, you know, get um, you could spend your token. If you know you're not going to get shot, pass off to somebody else and get the um, get the strain and then spend the focus. No, no. Oh. That that wouldn't know because this isn't it after the neutralized step. So like technically oh, at the end of the rolling, yeah, good point. You're only rolling one green dice, and you roll your one green yeah. dice, and then you you want to get rid of the strain. You already got rid of it because you only rolled one die. <laughs> well, no, because your ability would happen when you spend the green token. So you would gain the strain token after uh, after you've already rolled your green dice, right? And then you can uh, spend the token and send it over to to one of your um when your friendlies there um obviously i think this is a pretty good chassis to run along with hera uh, this is a, a pretty decent heratani substitute in there um i actually might replace it so heratani would be what uh benthic two tubes hera uh usually we see bodica we see luke in there and then uh, sabine I would almost change Bodica for this just so you can have extra tokens to pass around. Um, but yeah, I mean, just test. Is this four points or five points? Four. Yeah, four points. So this feels a little bit better at four points than that last ship, right? Yeah. Except for the ion missiles. Like, I don't know. I'm not a big ion missile fan. Like, if it was ion torps, like, why, at least give it ion torps, right? You know, like, yeah. I could get behind ion torps. I just can't get behind the ion missiles, I guess. They um, have their uses. I mean, I've used it a lot with the starter pack Vader, um, but at I-4, uh, not so much. Uh, I would definitely like to see this flown with the uh, with the other I-4 pilot that uh, that likes to share their tokens to. Um, that could be, that's a hell of a, a list there. So you like just constantly pass around tokens everywhere and never really lose any. Man. Yeah, I mean, if you run Garvin and Heratani, that's kind of yeah. what you get already. So exactly, Garvin. Yeah. yeah, is this better than Garvin? No, no. Mm -hmm. okay. I guess it kind of depends on the list. Garvin's got an APT, which is really nice. Yeah, but this lets you take renovate actions <laughs> just by defending, and that's really good if you're like Luke or Orphan or. And any of the, the popular kind of ships, especially if they don't have an evade action like the Fangs. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. We got A-Wings next. We got Arvel. Is this your favorite new ship, Alex? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not yes. good, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I like to think of this as a good way to uh, to fly against Rack. <laughs> so, what is Arvel? What does Arvel do, and why why do you like him, Alex? Okay, so Arvel um, still an I three has an extra shield now, two hall three shields. Like I like that. Yeah. By the way, I think that's cool. All of these A wings have uh, vectored cannons, so I'm actually wondering if they're going to reprint the bases so they don't have the filled out area in the front. I don't know. It's just probably a, be a printed like, thought. Yeah. Um, but while defending, you may gain a strain token to change one focus result to an evade result, which is cool. It has it's a trap. It has prockets. It also has the slam action. <laughs> And that comes into play. Um, also, I, I should also say that all these uh, Arvel also has. Sorry, Arvel has a role link to Red Focus. Yeah, that's new, right? That's yeah. not on normal A wings. Right. And it like your vector cannons can be your boost, blue maneuver, and then you could barrel roll focus. Yeah. So you're kind of getting double reposition, kind of. Yeah. And yeah, an I three. Yeah. Yeah, and an I three. Or you yes. triple reposition with your slam. <laughs> if you that. Yeah, right. oh, that comes into play with the heroic sacrifice because Arvel is that one ship that just flew straight into that bridge. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I'm glad they made that thematic. Um, got heroic sacrifice after you perform a slam action, roll five attack dice. Each large ship, huge ship, and scenario feature at range zero suffers one damage for each hit slash crit result, bypassing their shields, and then Arvel is destroyed, and you can perform slam actions even while stressed. So, what I want to know, what I really want to know is, like, it's a scenario action, right? Can you blow up one of the objectives? No, like, they don't have help. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm just saying, like, can you blow it up? I don't know, like, what scenario action... Or what scenario feature can you blow up? The Maybe it's something with the Yeah, all right. Or, or all the right, turbo right. lasers in, in yeah. the scenario. Yeah. All right. So obviously this ship's specifically designed for this scenario, like 100 percent Yeah, Arvel but... also costs four, so that's a that's a tough buy. <laughs> here's, yeah, okay. here's a free four points for you. <laughs> but if you're on one health, though, think about it this way. If yeah, you're on one yeah. health. Yeah, you absolutely just slam into something. Like if, you if could you're like gonna you're die. gonna die anyway. Why not? Like, who cares about your two dice pea shooter? Unless you haven't shot your pocket, I guess. Like, if you haven't shot your pocket, maybe you don't. But so I mean, like, I like the heroic slam. I think they should just put that on. Like, give me that upgrade card that I can add to all my fucking eight wings. So I'm really trying to think like what what's the high ceiling for this one, right? Because you know, five dice, the potential of you taking five damage, right? If you happen to just roll really good. What large base can be killed in one shot with that? In one shot? Oh, nothing. I don't think any large base has just five hull. No. What about the jump master? Is the jump master five? Jump master is six hull. Oh, yeah, it is six. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's kind of funny against like YT twenty four hundreds for like the one person that flies that at Worlds. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that that is six hull, but at least but you know you're at range zero, right? So it's kind of funny, but yeah, that, you're not gonna like one shot a large base 
Um, and I'm glad that it's only large because just slamming this thing into a defender would feel really, really bad. Or yeah, right. into a Vader or into any or, into anything. Or into a formation arc one seventies. Imagine like pull off slamming into two separate ships at once. That would be the dream, but like no one's doing that because I'm the only person that flies large base ships that close. <laughs> Well, and I like how they put huge ship on here. Yeah. And it's like, you haven't done anything for huge ships. Like, <laughs> unless this, unless the scenario is bringing us huge ships and we just don't know yet. And if that's the case, I'm all here for it. Like, fuck worlds. Let's just play uh, Battle Over Endor if we could bring huge ships. And JJ, you're coming. You don't get a choice. At that point, you have to come <laughs> because we're going to break out all of our huge ships all at one time and play them. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I like it, but I don't like it for four points. I don't. I, it's a gimmicky. It's gimmicky for this specific like theme. And I'll tell you what, it would be a hundred percent awesome if it was like, if it was three points. Get rid of the prockets and give it to me at three points, just so I can perform heroic sacrifice every game. That's all I care. It is exactly what I wanted, but also <laughs> it's not good <laughs> because. It doesn't say you may. It says after you perform a slam yeah. action. So as soon as you do the slam action, you don't ever get to do it except for once. That's it. One time. One time only. It's a one time use slam action. Can't wait for my opponent to like not read their cards because no one in X-Wing reads their cards and they just do the slam to just like get around to my ships. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you're dead now. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Folks, note this. Like this is a clip this part of the show and share it with your friends because yeah, at Worlds, people will definitely be like, Mm-mm, I don't know anybody who's going to run Arvel for four points, but <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I mean, it is a four-point pocket ship, but I mean, I could just take Tycho. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, which we've already discussed because Tycho is silly. So. Yeah. yeah. Let's move on to Gemmer Sojan. Yeah. There's a so, name I haven't heard in a long time. So he's the RZ2 pilot, right, from the Resistance, correct? No, no, he was in 1.0. That was the, oh, like, that's the right. He was 1.0. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, uh, he uh, he is an I2 RZ1 pilot. Uh, he comes equipped with uh, just two hull, two shields. Uh, reads while defending, you make a one train token to change up to two of your blank results into uh, focus results. It comes with vector cannons equipped. Uh, he comes with it's a trap. And then precision tune cannons, which is a new cannon that we have not seen, and it reads attack. While uh, if your defender, uh, if the defender is in your bullseye, you may add a focus result. So it basically, adds like a CLT basically to this. Uh, it comes equipped with chaff particles and target assist algorithm, uh, which reads before you engage. If you have a, if you have no green tokens and there are one or more enemy objects in your uh, Ford arc, gain one calculate token. Now the enemy object. Uh, would include, uh, for instance, uh, Discord missiles, uh, for instance, or if you had the uh, little Mandalorians in there, uh, or if you had uh, like probe droids or something like that, that would count as an enemy object uh, for gamers. Does that include bombs? Uh, no, because they are devices. They're not okay. Bombs. Yeah. That's good. Also, you missed that the cannon is range two to three, and that's kind of huge. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is a uh, range two to three there, and it is a two die attack. Yeah. It's a front arc attack that you get to use 
but you only get to do a damn thing if it's in your bullseye. So I don't understand. No, you you, add a it, it's a yeah, you add a focus resolve if it's in your bullseye, but you always have that active there. So you can essentially start Gamber with the uh, Victor Cannon turret arc to the front. Uh... And you always have that there. You just can't do any range one attacks if you don't have the turret arc forward. That's it. Yeah, so you can like rotate backwards or start with it and just hope that you don't get range one or zero shots out the front. Yeah. You can bullseye people at I2 for the CLT effect. And then yeah, it works well with the target assist algorithm, right? Because if you have no green tokens, you just got to calculate. Then you could shoot the precision tuned cannons. And if they're in your bullseye, you just add the focus and you spend the calculate for that. Yeah, and I like that it, 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 at the I2, you get the strain, right, to change two of your blank results. So if you think about it, you just, even if you just take the focus, let's just pretend you take the damn focus. You can use precision tune cannons. If, if you can get the bullseye off at I2, you've got three focus results with a, with, you just take a focus and call it a day. And you have a strain in an I2, like how many outside of CIS who's shooting you at I2? Like, I don't know who who's that I two still that we well, if like multiple Vizier, people are attacking you. It's it starts being a problem, but sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a neat little ship. Three I points, like it. right? It, Gamers three points. I'm not sure if the problem is is that I would probably take like Sabine A wing uh, at three points. I mean, I, you, you take Kyo over both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I like. I like the bullseye gun. That's kind of cool. I, I, I like it. You can do that weird, um, like tie brute kind of thing, where you just tape the lock, and then when you engage, you get the calculate, so you have a double mod. Yeah, exactly. Cannon yeah. shot. Because presumably you're always going to be using the cannon, unless it's like yeah. range one, right? But don't you have to have an enemy object in your front arc? So like you have to have your arc rotated to the front, right? Or does it just bypass that? No, it's, just, it's your front arc. It's not like you're okay. gone. So what yeah. enemy objects are we worried about that could be in, in there? Well, I mean, it's whoever you're shooting is an enemy object, yeah. right? So pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So we we're, we're saying, why does it just say, okay, whatever. Because so, you can, you can engage, not have anybody in your, in that you can actively shoot. Um, like for instance, you by accident, you went, too fast and your or your enemy just boosted it into range one and you have your vector cannons towards the rear and your position tune cannons doesn't work because they're at range one so you can still engage uh still count that enemy that's in your forward arc at range one gain the calculate token and then shoot out the rear with your vector cannons um so that that's kind of the the scenario where that would happen where it would matter all right. It's still a cool ship. I like it. I think it's still kind of a cool ship. Yeah. And, and it's only three points. I, I don't know. I like it. I think it it's worth testing and playing with personally. Yeah. Oh, Alex, we have eight on Fox with a million pounds of text. We have three new B wings and man, we got to, we got to wrap these up, but we got three B wings. Aiden Fox is coming in at five points, right? It's five points. I think it is. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it is five points. Yes. Okay. Alex, that they use the commander and he's an I one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what does my I one B wing do with the million pounds of text on it? 
Okay, so Aiden Fox, the lead, the Blade Squadron leader, comes in at I one. Um, every B wing in this pack has um, two charges, and that goes with their uh, chassis ability, which is kind of a doozy. So the chassis ability is: after you gain a stress token, you can spend two charges to get an evade token. Super good, and also. When you drop a device, you may spend one charge to set the template with the middle line aligned with the hash mark on your ship's left or right side instead of your rear guys, so you can drop it off the side of your ship. Which is hilarious. Which I love that. Really, really cool. Uh, these B-Wings come with a Focus Link Red Roll uh, and a Lock. you got your Roll Link Red Lock, so you get both uh, the ones that normally would have on the S-Foils. And also you get a Red Reload which was just on the S-Foils. So they sort of integrated it. Uh, eight on Fox uh, is while you defend. If you are stressed, you roll an additional defense die. It's really good for a B-Wing. They tend to be stressed. And you know if you're stressed, you also get an evade token. So two dice with a evade ain't too bad. He's got It's a Trap, as they all do. He's got Party Gift, just like that one bomber, so you can drop your, uh, drop your bomb or launch it uh, after you die. It's got proton rockets on an I-1. That's very <laughs> Alex. I love it. And uh, proton bombs. I I don't know. Five this is five points. I love the I love the ability to drop bombs out the side. I don't I think that's cool. Though I think we were talking about it at locals tonight. And you drop the bomb out the side, like even if you do a two. To clear your stress, like you're still gonna get hit by that bomb. So like, you have to barrel roll away from it. Turn <laughs> yeah. away. I don't know. So I, I don't I I don't think this is worth five points personally at an I one. Yeah, yeah. But I like I like it. It's it's definitely a tough sell at five points, mainly because um, at five points, if you really wanted a B wing here, you got two other B wings here that are going to be a uh, higher initiative for one, and they have the potential to actually get their other ordnance off at a higher initiative because they have the agency to uh, maneuver into position for it. Uh, you're you're going to be really really hard pressed to get that bullseye lined up for proton rockets at I one, uh, so it is it is pretty tough to to line that up. Um, I could see this maybe being a consideration if it was at four, uh, but at five points, it's that's a really tough sell. Did the B wings used to have an evade natural? They had it on the S foils, so they lost that too. So. We're gonna tell you you can only have an evade every two turns. But I think it was a linked evade. I think it was a roll link evade. So no matter what, it was stressed. Yeah. Uh, sure, but you could do it every turn, right? Like now, I no longer have an evade. Like I don't know. He gets an extra dice, an extra die, which is really nice. Um, I like him, just not a five. Yeah, I think at four points, this is like. If he, maybe if he was a higher initiative, we could have a different discussion about it. But I think at at four, at five point, I don't know. I won at five points is just such a hard sell. Like when I look at this compared to a Luke, it's just really hard to want or wedge or I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Agree. If I want to run something cool and fun, 
let's take this. Give me a two. And I don't think at four points this is broken either. I think at four points this is fine, personally. Though it may be a little harder because you get the two green dice and yeah, maybe a little yeah. bit too hard to kill. I don't know. I don't know. I, I it's it's still an I one at the end of the day. So, I mean, you're you're really have uh, the agency to knock out this ship before they can even get a shot off. So, yeah. That's... And proton or sorry, plasma torpedoes are everywhere now on all these ships so the b-wings shields are going to melt fairly quickly uh with with all those plasmas being thrown out there i don't know i i think i think at four points i think this is viable i just yeah. at five i think it's a really hard sell for me yeah hopefully you know with the points update they might adjust it to maybe drop it down to a four so that way it's at least a consideration but we'll see if and when that happens so you know what other B wing is that I've there's that five points. Isn't is Gina the next one? Yeah. So Gina here, she's an I-5 pilot here, uh, coming in with four hole and five shields. So she has more health here than the other uh, B-Wings. Uh, her ability reads at the start of the engagement phase, if a friendly Braylon Strom ship is at range zero to a stress, you may acquire a lock. Uh, and that can apply either to the Battle of Endor Braylon Strom, which we'll see next, or the custom Braylon that we, that's already in the game there. Also has the gyro cockpit uh, ability for the chassis. It does come with its a trap it comes with juke uh will um it also comes with proton torpedoes and ion bombs now this is really strong this is actually a really good contender for five points mainly because you have that chassis ability that allows you to gain that uh that evade token um when you when you gain the stress token so gina can effectively uh focus barrel roll uh get that stress get the uh the evade token so you have a focus evade on gina and then uh if braylon's nearby uh she can acquire lock on, on an enemy ship so she has a, a double modded proton torpedo at i5 that also has juke uh, a setup there uh so that could be a very very big shot coming from gina at i5 yeah, it's kind of a disgusting combo. At five points, though, is still a little bit of a big ask for me. I don't know, because you have to include Braylon, and that's either going to be four or five points, and then now you're half, half your list is two B-Wings. Yeah. <laughs> and that feels and you kind also, of bad Rebels. And you also lost your double tap, right? Like, B-Wings used to be able to double tap. Now they can't double tap anymore. I'm not worried about the yeah. double tap, because you get a... You get a Pro, a double water protorp. <laughs> hey, I, I want to fly Kanan, Gina, Braylon, and Sabine, <laughs> or Keo, and see how how good that list does. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll I'll play you. Well, yeah, I'll play you. <laughs> you can have your one agility proton torpedo B wing. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, I agree with you. I think the five points is a stretch, but I do wonder at four points if this is. Oh, I think that'd be too like, good at just, four. Like, yeah, that's just, the way it's too good at four points. Yeah. And again, it feels like they go, well, how do I like could well, could we just get rid of the juke and go down to like plasma torpedoes and give it four points? I don't know. Like it's ion bombs. I don't know. I whatever. I, I like the I like this Gina. I just don't like five point Gina. I mean customizable Gina is still four points. And that will work with like battle over Endor Braylon. 
Not that we True. ran to them, but like if if you're trying to go for a slightly cheaper option, that's two B wings for eight. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about Braylon. <laughs> well, he's next. Braylon. Yeah, he's the last one we have, Alex. What is it? Yeah, he's uh, he also has the extra shield, so he's a four five, which is nice. Uh, and at the start of the engagement phase, if a friendly Gina Moonsong at range zero to two is stress, you can gain a focus token. So you could do that like roll link uh, lock instead of like a focus link roll, you know, just kind of do the opposite. But he has homing missiles, <laughs> which is rough and proton bombs and delay fuses and it's a trap. So uh, <laughs> I guess whoever you're locking will just eat the eat the one damage, right? I mean, it's not even a crit either. Like, it's right. not against a crit. He's just yeah, a damage. Missiles on torpedoes, so it's the two to three. Yeah, that one's pretty uh, fairly cost at four points, I'll say. Yeah, so um, when you're comparing these, I mean, obviously he has that extra shield there, so it makes him a little more a little more beefy, but not having that, that automatic stress reroll definitely hurts. Um... Still at four points, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it definitely is a very tanky shift uh, that has the potential of being double modded with a focus and a target lock. Um, so there there could be some potential there um, for this Braylon, um, you know, coming out at four points. I mean, homing missiles can be decent if you're shooting... Um, if you're uh, trying to track down a, a very elusive ship um, that uh, that just needs that one damage to go through, um, or that has a a hull breach and uh, doesn't want to take a a hit, right? Um, so th there is some options for it, but uh, I think this comes down at a significant power level decrease from the customized Braylon that we have already. So, so can I ask just a dumb question? So if let's say you've got three or four hull left. And you have a hull breach, and this person comes up behind you and says, "Here, let me throw a homing torpedo." Are you gonna let him roll the five dice, or are you gonna let him just take the one damage? Take the one damage every time. Yeah, Alex, it's still yeah. less potential for okay for yeah. damage. At worst, you get what a, a direct hit, and it turns into well, you can chain, you can chain. But. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's still not what ideal. I, I've done that before. Yeah, I've definitely done that before. But but you know again the, the the bigger thing is is like if I'm on one health I'm not gonna take the damage you're gonna make you roll <laughs> like I'm gonna be a dick yeah. and make you roll the damn things yeah or I'm it's gonna true. get away from my B wing that says I can't go very far and um you know I don't know I don't yeah, think. The dial is definitely very limiting on this uh, on these B wings because they don't have the ability to. Uh, lose the stress very reliably with their dial. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta say, you're probably going to want to uh, probably run Cassian uh, Ewing to help uh, get rid of the stress uh, faster that way, because uh, they don't have a way of really getting rid of it reliably. So, is there any world we take this? I mean, it's four points. <laughs> For a nine health B wing, so it's not the it's worst. Like a, it's like a mini fire spray almost in terms of health. Yeah, 
but you got one agility. Yeah, it's one agility. Yeah. I mean, I'll throw. Let me. Let me. Let me throw Jendin, here and Vader at you, and I'll, I don't feel like you're gonna live. Like just personally. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I. I'm not. I don't like. I don't. I don't like. How about this? I do not like B wings. I think B wings are stupid, and I hate them. And I just think they're a very poorly designed ship to some extent. But I guess this is okay. I don't know. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that the, um, the they don't have their double taps available like you can get with the custom B-Wings with the their foils. Um, I think that's what really made them um, a really interesting option for the rebels you know just having the potential to uh double tap with a primary into a cannon shot or do like a missile into a cannon shot and i think that was really the strength of the b-wings and rebels um with this change into um with their chassis with battle of endor um just losing that offensive potential and still having a poor dial um, really hurts the the potential for these B-Wings to really make a, a splash or a difference in the Rebel meta currently. Um, because if you don't have a way to really benefit from the stress, um, it's it's going to be tough for for most players to to really jump on these particular chassis and include them as part of their list without a really, really good, reliable way of... Um, of dealing with that stress with mitigating that stress i mean sure you have the gyro cockpit which gives you that one evade but you do have to spend both charges which means you can only really do that once every other turn so it's it's a tough sell i'm sure there'll be lists out there in the future that might take advantage of these chassis but right off the bat i i don't see that happening right now and I think that's, and again, I don't want to spend hours harping on it, but I think that's one of the disadvantages of when we create the scenarios, right? Is like some of these ships I think are built for the scenarios. Like I bet you when we get the scenario information for Battle of Endor, I bet these ships probably do pretty well. At it. Like yeah. they're probably, they're, they're designed to work with that piece. Whereas, you know, like, when we had, you know, the 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 Yavin Battle of Yavin, right? They, you had more points to build with than we normally get. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like those B wings are super amazing. Um, as a side note, you know, you could take Deathfire Bomber with homing torpedoes and homing missiles, just as an FYI, and and munitions failsafe, just just because you can. <laughs> not that you that's a good require a locker in the game yeah. <laughs> so just 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 throwing it out there that you know i don't know <laughs> it almost feels like they could have homing missiles and homing torpedoes on that ship and at least that would feel a little bit better that's, yeah. that's what i'm saying i why they put homing missiles of all bloody home uh, missiles on there like come on give me something to sink my teeth in with like it, like would plasmas be really that out of sorts to give me plasma torpedoes on there? Yeah, I think that would be that would have been a better call. Yeah, I mean it, it's cool. I can drop a proton torpedo out my side, and then delayed fuses it, so you can't come that way. But that's about it. Yeah, it is what it is. I was a little more excited originally. Thought we'd be get some cool B wings. Um, I would say. JJ should be running them, but 
I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give him a run. Um, I, I'm not so sure about Braylon, but Gina, yeah, I think I'll definitely give Gina a good run. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, anything else before we wrap up? Nope. Just uh, excited for the new pilots. Yeah. It is nice getting new, uh, new pilots. Uh, sometimes you... See, that's where the customizable stuff comes in a little bit easier. But uh, I, I think I think maybe we'll find a place for them in the meta. Maybe they're overpriced for a reason. And after Worlds, we'll see them go down in price. Who knows? Um, it will be fun to play with some of the new stuff. So next week, we will be covering First Order for an analysis of First Order. Alex says he's got some stuff he's been cooking up that he feels is better than the current gibberish that we've been seeing so we'll we'll see what alex has got Never. for us <laughs> you have too he says you got some stuff you think is better no I, I said there's probably stuff that people aren't paying attention to oh well we're gonna be covering fo next week um and it may be resistance but probably just fo um how many weeks do we got till worlds we got six weeks right yeah mm -hmm. so and we only got five more factions baby so there we go um, but I think we're going to cover FO next week, talk about some first order stuff, see if we feel it really compares and if it could do better. And I think now that we have the new pilots, like <coughs> some of that stuff, FO might be better into because of jam, right? Like I think there's some consideration with some of that where they're getting those target locks or those other things that FO can say, hey, um, have a jam token, you know. I don't know. We'll see. Either which way, thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week here, 9 p.m. Officially on Sunday this week. We're going to do Sunday this week. Yes, no football. There's no football this week. Is no, so, so, oh, I don't know. I'm not a sports guy, man. So we will be <laughs> we'll be doing a regular uh, podcast at 9 p.m. again um, on Sunday. So we hope to see you all there. Thank you. Have a good night, and we'll see you next week. Have a good night, everybody.